0: Wait, what just happened? We watched Courier of Death, which means it's time for another Portland at the Movies.
1: In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty. All that stands between a city and a disaster. In a city where anything can happen. If you thought you had seen it all. You're an asshole. Get the hell out of this business.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. My name is Todd Workoven and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I'm really well today. Good. And Brian, the Unipiper Kid, how are you, Brian?
2: I'm doing really well. I'm excited to be back.
0: I am excited to be back, too, especially for this movie,
2: Courier of Death. Uh, It is... I'm disappointed that that was the intro you came up with. That was the best you could do. You're not really selling it. I... There's so much to talk about
0: <laughs> there. It, it's almost like an overload. Like there's just so much to say about this movie that it just sort of all it all runs into each other and then comes out as nothing because it's this movie is
2: <laughs> it is a sordid story. <laughs> It's bananas and that's
0: just behind the scenes and then you have
2: the actual movie which is insane The movie is not like why we're here today. We're here to talk about everything surrounding the movie Yes,
0: so uh, should we should we start off then by talking a little bit of background about this movie about a man named Tom Shaw
2: Tom Shaw uh, who is uh, Infamous in the Portland film scene that I've come to learn after not long uh, researching um. It seems like every anybody who's anyone in the film industry in Portland has some tie back to Tom Shaw. Yes,
0: and um, we had, the, his name has come up before. I forget which movie it was for. Probably Fatal Revenge, because uh, we were talking about other '80s movies. And uh, of course, uh, we heard Tom Shaw's name from uh, our friend David Walker, who uh, notes and and everything else that you research about Tom Shaw. Notes that if you were any kind of filmmaker in the '70s and '80s. Uh, you more than likely got your equipment from Tom Shaw, Gus Van Zandt, Penny Allen, all of these indie movie darlings in the 80s in Portland, everyone got their equipment from Tom Shaw.
2: He just loaned it out for free.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he was, I mean, and and we, you stumbled on this documentary about oh my gosh. it. I mean, Uh, We are up to our eyeballs in Tom Shaw lore at this point.
2: This was the most fun I've had researching any of the movies that we've watched. It was really
0: fun. So why don't you give us a brief background about uh, Tom Shaw, and then we'll get into our movie.
2: Okay. From what I can tell, Tom Shaw uh, came to Portland sometime in maybe the 60s or 70s, um, and his background was in uh, he was a machinist, Uh, so fabrication, (laughs) you know, metalworking. And uh, I don't know how he got involved, but somehow he um, ended up getting into the porn business, the porn industry in Portland.
0: Yeah, he sold booths or something like that to all the adult stores. and he had. A, what I have.
2: <laughs> right. And he had a business partner. And I think his contribution to the porn industry at large was that he invented the looping projector so that mm. a movie could play endless repeat. Oh, interesting. Uh, yes, because
0: uh, Shaw co-owned most of the adult shops in Portland during the '60s uh, through the '90s, and built his studios and funded his films uh, through those shops. But yes, it does. It does note that uh, he he that's how he made his money. He obviously did not make his money through the movies, that, and I don't know that he ever completed an adult film. No, his own (laughs) So so
2: the other thing that we Kept hearing about Tom Shaw as we were Watching our other movies it all like tied back to Tom Shaw and his porn business and his porn Movies and it made it sound like this guy was like Had an empire of porn movies that He produced right and then looking Into it a little bit more because I out of sheer Curiosity I was like can we find some of those porn (laughs) Movies Were they shot in Portland (laughs) Can we review the non Porn (laughs) scenes of his It's like trying to get a tax write-off for your TiVo Or whatever you're like going through all these logical things to (laughs) make it make sense (laughs) but apparently he did not uh, complete a single porn film
0: no he shot some because he made some of the rigs or whatever for like camera movement he was kind of like this garage inventor type tinkerer and he was always in trying to invent and he was more of a salesman I think obviously than like the creative creative master and in in that documentary that we watched that you found about Shaw um one of the screenwriters that eventually went on to write, I forget what um, what he wrote, um, but he said if Tom Shaw would have just let the creative people come in and him more of like as the producer, the person who kind of puts things together and kind of stayed out of it, he's like, it would have been amazing, but he always just wanted to tinker and try to do it and, and uh, not very well. And on the sets, apparently, he would often get too drunk, too direct, and he would just, Crew members would just do it for him,
2: right? White Russian was apparently his drink of choice. Yes, yes. Everybody that walked on set, he would offer them a white Russian. And apparently,
0: his basement, which does show up in this movie in several different scenes, Uh as I think a couple different things. I think they tried to pass it off as well. Questions? Definitely a bar,
2: Um, and definitely I think
0: just someone's basement, but the same (laughs) basement
2: with a bar in it. Um, if you want to visit that uh, basement, we can tell you the address.
0: I wondered <laughs> if we, because they have X. Ex- the backyard is shot in his backyard. Yeah. Um. And so I'm guessing he used his own house too. Oh, it, he did. It had to. Have been. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I've,
2: I've found an article written by the composer of the film. Yeah. Let's um, talk about
0: him a little bit because he, all arrows, uh, point back to David Walker and this guy who is apparently keeper of the. Tom Shaw lore
2: before we get To uh, him let me just throw out there That uh, for all of our listeners if you would like to check Out the house uh, Tom Shaw's house that was uh, Featured in courier of death The address is 7415 Southeast main street uh, Portland Oregon Todd is right I'm going to, go. I'm have, to it on the ma- I'm have to put it on
0: the map later so Just one thing this I don't
1: have to doxing look up uh, I know like, <laughs> Is but, this what
0: they call swatting right, I don't know I what
1: so. that is do we just <laughs> do it? Brushing maybe I don't know. <laughs>
2: Uh, so the composer of this film was uh, a gentleman by the name of Dan uh, Feebiger. I have no idea how to say that
0: Feebiger, Feebiger, F-I-E
2: (laughs) B-I-G-E-R I'm sure he's listening right now and he's going to leave his comment telling us how to pronounce his name at
0: his new email address not his old one (laughs) because he wants to be very clear about that
2: so uh, Dan over the years has written a number of pieces on Tom Shaw and Courier of Death and his involvement in these films and uh, it sounds like he got involved with Tom Shaw uh, for the production of this film. He was, I think, a film student at Portland State, and that's how he uh, got to know Tom Shaw. Um, but uh, he did the majority of the composing for Courier of Death. Mm -hmm. Um, It sounds like that Tom had other tracks and songs in mind, and he was just like, I want to put that in there. I want to put that in there. So it ended up in the end being like a mishmash of different things. Right. Uh, And I would
0: say one of the stronger things about this movie is the score.
2: Well, absolutely. Um, And and I don't know if you researched it to the level that I did, but... (laughs) There is a website called thecourierofdeath.co.uk. Did you see this? <laughs> no. Okay, so um, the courier of death. I found out uh, much like some of our other movies. I think unhinged was one. Became like a, a cult hit uh, across the pond, right? As they say, yeah. Um, and so the, uh, I don't know if they had. Scotland was a. It was apparently huge, huge in, in Scotland. Scotland, right, and huge enough to where this uh, company called Career of Death, uh, Career of Death Records, they they filmed um, a record. Uh, publishing label called uh, The Courier of Death.
0: It's kind of pigeonholing your uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. to call it the one thing you put out.
2: And uh, to this day, you know, that they've got like four or five albums that you can buy now um, and their logo is a picture of a good old JD pointing his gun at the camera. <laughs> Uh, and so so I I don't know about these other albums. They just look like maybe Scottish bands or something. But then the last album that you can buy now by the digital download is the Career of Death original film soundtrack. Yeah, wow. And um, I'm gonna have to let you play that at some point, uh, Todd. I'm gonna send you the link right now.
0: Okay, good. Because as I was gonna say, I don't know a good spot. Because at when we were started to watch it, you're much more intuned to music and especially that kind of 80s synth. Uh, um, and you noted and. It sounds exactly like Stranger Things. Oh my gosh! I mean, almost to a to a note. It's weird, uncanny. I, wish I, knew, I guess yeah. You give me that link in a second, and I can play some of that.
2: Um, here it is, right here. Uh, so uh, before you click play on that, we need to. Uh, it starts with something very important. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and mention that Tom Shaw, the director, the the eccentric that we've been talking about, he actually has a role in the film. I um, forget what. I he forget pl- who he was. He plays the pilot. That's all you need oh. to say. <laughs> all oh, you Tom to say. Shaw! I thought you were talking about. Still oh, talking the about composer. Uh, no, no, no. I'm talking yeah. about Tom Shaw. He plays. Oh, the... Oh, Tom Shaw is the pilot. Is the yeah, pilot? Yeah, he's the big. It's
0: somebody as somebody referred to him in the documentary. The big Job of the Hut looking guy. Right. <laughs>
2: well, f- okay. So funny enough, Todd. The other thing <laughs> they said is that his looks and his voice is why he got the nickname Job of the, the Hutt. Job of the Hut. <laughs> um, so oh. his voice in the movie. All of his lines are dubbed by another actor. That's not his original voice. Oh,
0: interesting! And didn't they re? I mean, it. This movie seems completely redubbed. It, by it, it every, single I don't think there line. Yeah. If yeah. There was redone. Yeah. So,
2: uh, and there were and
0: apparently. I think they ad, It's either the guy who played the airplane pilot, uh, Tom Shaw, or I don't think it's the main character, but. They forgot to like write down his name or whatever, so he wasn't even credited. Oh. No one no one to this day. I think it knows was... who did
2: the voice for. I think it was a, one of the bad guys. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, so there were two trailers released for this movie. <coughs> oh, oh who's he? <laughs> there were two trailers released for this film. Uh, no, dang hang it. on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just want to get to the music. It just keeps coming on. <laughs> uh, the first trailer uh, had a voiceover by Tom Shaw himself. And then later they had like a, a voice actor redo it. Redo it. Um, so if you go to that page uh, uh, where you can now purchase the digital Courier of Death soundtrack, they have a 10 minute preview yes. um, of the soundtrack. And uh, the first track contains the uh, music of the first trailer with Tom Shaw's original voice.
0: Oh, okay. So start so started at the beginning. At the beginning okay.
2: And so this, this is sort of the intro to the movie trailer. And you'll hear Tom Shaw's voice. And it's amazing.
1: He delivers... Bonds. he is the courier
2: of death? no they thought he could be taken they killed his best
1: friend murdered his wife now there's no stopping I don't know how long
0: that goes on, yeah. so I'll just stop it there. Uta a solo. <laughs> I was frantically oh, going my through word. my head trying to remember a Java line and I was gonna <clears throat> fake it, but I'm glad oh, you picked it. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy, but that does give you a good taste of the um, of the score for this, which is actually pretty decent. So and that kind of sums up. It actually answered a question that I have because I didn't know what he was a courier of. I mean other than death. Ten. But I mean like in the movie I have
1: no right. idea yeah, but what priority he was. one job and you have a priority two job. So what was he fi- like, <laughs> like and who, a priority two? He's in a courier Reno. of death that has a cubicle.
0: He works in an office building downtown. <laughs> he is a courier of death. And they're like, Oh, we've got you at five o'clock or whatever. It's what? What's going on? Couriers of Death I need some
1: time with my family. (laughs) You could have that next (laughs) Next week.
0: I'm a secretary working for the Courier of Death, and I demand you to go on a dangerous mission. (laughs) Also, UPS is here, so can you take this package out to them? For people that have no idea what's going on, I think we sound like crazy people right now. We also sound exactly like the movie, because as I told Mark beforehand, I've seen this movie three times now, and half of my notes that I took today are like, who Who is is this person... Where are and we? It, what house is this? there There just is
1: no plot that ties anything together consistently. <laughs> I'm sure that if we like wrote if I wrote down each step by step thing, like, I've seen it twice, and I couldn't tell you. Anything about this movie So
0: perhaps this will cl- And I'll, I'll I'll probably do Bits and pieces of this As we go through But this is um, If you go to the IMDB page For Courier of Death There are five reviews Two of them from uh, Dan Dan Fiber Dan Fiber Fiber <laughs> Fiber, Fiber Filbert That's Dan a joke. Filbert You say it different every time uh, and so two of them are from from him. The second one was because he updated his email address and he wanted anyone to know that if you wanted to order the courier of death from CD Baby, he has a new email address. But Wait,
2: was one of these reviews by a woman who got punched? She's coming now okay, She's okay. coming later. I'm <laughs> okay. I'm remembering this. Yeah, yeah.
0: But uh, so Dan says uh, he often staged impossible, non credible action scenes, which the rest of his crew had to compensate for in shooting and editing the best they could, uh, and we tried our best. Uh, the three of us, he uh, him, uh, Dan, the, the, who wrote those, and the uh, two other crew members, effectively directed various sequences of the film when Shaw wasn't looking or sleeping. Uh, also vital to the film's completion was the co-editor, uh, Gerald Howard, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, but mostly, he says, we could never, ever put anything together that made sense. And in fact, in that documentary that I think you and I watched, I don't know if you watched it
2: or not. I have
1: uh,
0: If I got it right, they hired somehow one of the Monty Python editors.
2: The editor for Monty Python's Flying Circus. And I
0: missed how that connection happened.
2: I don't think they ever explained. It's just suddenly he arrived and he he edited
0: this movie? I don't know if he edited this one, but... From the impression I got, he was given Tom Shaw material to try to make a movie out of it, and he couldn't. Like, professional editor of things that are absurd and (laughs) ludicrous could not put a Tom Shaw movie together.
1: That's amazing. Uh,
0: Well, so, yeah, this movie is Courier of Death, and it stars your dad (laughs) it's like the guy that lives the guy that lives next to you and likes to mow his lawn is the star of this movie and we are told that he is like an elite like Tom Cruise-esque super spy somehow we are never shown him doing any of these things (laughs) but we are told at one point uh, his sergeant says you are an extremely efficient guerrilla fighter
2: all right right we so we know he was in Vietnam oh yeah that's right so he he probably has like the Rambo backstory
0: that's not the only Rambo reference in this movie because he has the Rambo getting ready for battle scene so you remember the Rambo scene where you see him put the headband on and then the close-up of the knife going to the sheath and then the coat you know arrow tipped bullets or whatever. Oh yeah, we this, do that. This one happens in his basement bar, uh <laughs> with him shirtless looking like your neighbor would look <laughs> with some sort of bandage or like something around his upper arm, like probably cuz he got hurt. A nicotine patch. A nicotine <laughs> <laughs> And so then he has a hunting knife, a gun, a, a baton, like one of the extendable batons, uh, handcuffs, and then another gun. And then I wrote down, and pants from Sears. <laughs> <laughs>
2: With the price tag still attached. <laughs> With the price tag still
0: on and an unbuttoned shirt. But yeah, it's just like some guy. I don't know where they found him, and he... I think works in Salem, if I found my information right. He works is oh. a government position of some sort it's, uh, in currently? Salem. It's currently? I believe so. Well, from whenever this the uh, thing was written, I think, in we can, 2009. We can so. go get a license plate from him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a history he has had. Um, when the Okay, so when the movie starts, the movie starts with an airplane landing at the Troutdale Airport. There's our location number one. There
1: is so much airplane in this movie, which I thought was and, a... It, it, but the the airplane just dives at the earth randomly, okay, and, and it is the the it is terrifying. So
2: we watched this movie together, the, our first viewing, yeah. Uh, and w- there's so much aerial footage, and, and just the way it is filmed, we collectively agreed that what must have happened was that they filmed it from a helicopter and then sped it up, mm-hmm. um, because just the way that it was yeah, moving, it's choppy and it's not. Smooth and it's just like it's. I now think that we were wrong I think we are wrong It really was filmed from an aircraft Piloted actually by Tom Shaw Probably when he was three white Russians in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's true and I do have a Let me see if I can find it here Um, So the entire film was filmed in the greater Portland Oregon and southwest Washington area Um, The Columbia River And there's at one point where Astoria Stands in for San Francisco at some point Like for three seconds um aerial footage was also shot around various Oregon and Washington coastal beaches and rivers using Tom Shaw's small Cessna plane on which he rigged a Bolex camera mount on one of the wings. So Probably that was not a legal mount cuz there is one another reason we thought it was helicopter not just because it was kind of choppy but because he so it's like flying through the gorge and getting some footage of the river, and all of a sudden it like it just nosedives toward I 5 and just stops <laughs> about 100 feet from the freeway and it just cuts. I'm like, oh, the helicopter pad was down there, he was just coming in for
1: no, yeah, he was he was like dive bombing it, yeah, uh. So it was ta- insane
0: yeah, so he flew the plane, but also plays the pilot and his role in this is basically <laughs> um, If you've ever seen police squad, which was the naked gun TV series before it became the movie Leslie Nielsen's uh, Frank Drebin character uh, always goes to this shoe shine guy who always has the insider information. So we'll always sit down and like, what can you tell me about hey, this? Frank? And, <laughs> yeah, and slips him twenty bucks and Frank, like knows every single detail about everything. And that's what Tom Shaw does this movie because like every five minutes that they have to get in this airplane and do like an exposition dump of here's where we're going. Here's what we're doing. This is what's happening. And it still
2: doesn't make any sense. That was the clip that we started the show with, right? That yeah,
0: where he just he abruptly, oh, "You're an asshole," or whatever he says. <laughs> he was just so angry. He's all
2: constantly the time. trying to get our main character to quit his job and be with his family. He is, and our main character
0: doesn't care that he he is almost in danger of orphaning his child. <laughs> he just Who's wants to take care better. of your child. Oh,
2: oh, know. well, Linda will. Yeah, once or <laughs> twice, she's just she's... offhandedly, like the child will raise itself. This
0: is the 80s. Nothing bad is happening. Uh, so to set this movie up, he is the courier of death. I'm not quite sure what he couries back and forth or for whom. So it, it's obviously money. Um,
2: is it? Well, there's that briefcase. So the, there's the MacGuffin in this film. Right. So it's tell a
0: briefcase it. that can only be opened by him somehow.
2: It somehow has... a combination a password on the briefcase and if you don't know it the briefcase will blow up when you open it right and it also supposedly contains i couldn't tell if it was seven and a half million or 77 million i think they might have said i think
0: there's two briefcases because there's one delivered at the beginning that gets his partner killed in the forest when the bad guy shoots his hand off with a gun oh yeah and makes off with and i think that was it's like seven million dollars, and got his partner killed. Okay, and then the next time, the next big thing was like seventy-six million dollars. Okay,
2: so multiple briefcases, all with money.
0: But who? So like I okay. So he has there's money in the
2: briefcase. Who is he currying no. back and forth? No, <laughs> just no, just <laughs> we don't know. Should I not try to crack that? He has a job transporting money. Where it's going and who it's from does not matter. <laughs>
0: So yeah the movie opens with the first one going wrong and uh his partner being killed and the money being stolen um and then uh we're
2: Well uh, you you brought it up already brain, Don't so was, look at me My brain just
0: gave up. I was looking looking for a lifeline from yep. anyone and it was just
2: I mean you brought it up already. We, you kind of glossed over it. I don't think you did it justice. We we open within the first 5 minutes of a scene where a man gets his hand shot off with a handgun. Haha.
0: Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> you think I was intended Tom Shaw, Sh- Tom Shaw wit. <laughs> <laughs> I, doubt <it. laughs> patented, I doubt it. Patented. Patented wit. But then we're introduced to uh, his wife and his child. He goes back home. Um, when we were all watching this together, I mentioned that it was kind of like watching the a show on the BBC, how the BBC, like their TV stars are just like normal looking blokes or whatever. This movie was just like normal people make a movie and it's like this guy married to that lady extremely average housewife uh, (laughs) at home. And so uh, she does she, uh, she ends up getting um, kidnapped.
2: Right. So uh, our main character, uh, there's an opening action sequence where his partner ends up getting killed over seven and a half million dollars. He goes home, uh, explains to his wife that his partner just died and then you know his wife tries to talk him uh, into quitting, um, and then he's like, "I gotta make this one more." But
0: honey, I'm a courier of death.
2: Yeah, I gotta make this one more delivery, and, and I think this is the the seventy seven million dollars. Okay. And then and so that's he, when
0: he goes into his office to, to check his emails and then get instructions about death currying from the secretary. From the
2: secretary, right? So and then he goes off to make the uh, uh, seventy seven million dollar delivery and drop off, and and then the. Uh, By this point, his wife is kidnapped.
0: Yes, because what does she do as the wife, as Ms. Courier of Death, who should be aware of the dangers and knows the perils of currying death? What does she do when some rando just knocks on her door? Knock on the door. Hello. Come on in. Uh, Hey, hey, uh, we're the bad guys. Uh, We're we're here to kidnap you. Yeah. Come on in. I'm waiting for you. (laughs) So, yeah, she gets kidnapped, uh, and then there's a meeting at the airport for him to drop off the 76 million dollars in exchange for the wife. Yep. He does that but then they shoot the wife in the back in this beautiful cinematic slow motion scene of them running toward each other and she gets hit in the back and then no. she's laying in his arms and he does the camera up above and looks up and says,
1: "Why?"
0: <laughs> it's so wonderful. But they can't open the case without him, so or without the that, password. I don't.
2: I, it, I don't know it's, a combination. Don't lean on it too hard, I guess. So she get yeah she gets uh, killed, um, and then the rest of the movie is just him uh, going out and seeking revenge and trying to kill every person responsible for the death of his wife.
0: Right, and throughout the movie, more and more women show up as his friend. At least two. Uh, There, well, I guess there's the secretary lady. There's... Oh, that would be three. Blonde lady and... Katie. 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 There's There's like... Katie the blonde. Friend, neighbor. There's friend, neighbor, and secretary. (laughs) But they all apparently all work for this because they're... Even the friend and neighbor, like, know about his courier of deathness. One does PR. (laughs) (laughs) One... One (laughs) one's in the the (laughs) mailroom at the courier of death office. She stamps all the death notices, but they're all, they all seem in on it. And like we said before, um, JD is that our, our dad's name, our hero's name is JD is extremely cavalier about the danger he's in. And, and Tom Shaw, the airport uh, pilot says, well, who's going to raise your kid? And he's like, ah, Katie. I guess. I left him with the neighbor. Linda? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's so unconcerned about the safety and, and well-being of his child. Uh, they also call, they end up at a, at a, so as he,
2: okay. And then there's also the lady that, uh, there's one bad guy lady. Yes,
0: there is. <laughs> There oh, wait, is the, with the
1: stilettos.
0: This stil- when it turns. This is the closest Tom Shaw ever got to shooting pornography. <laughs> was the high heel. We did have the a s- high heel fetish film we, at the end of this movie.
2: We did have a scene earlier set in a strip club. We
0: did, which I didn't know. That I that I almost thought was
2: maybe his basement as
0: well because that was like an <laughs> unfinished room. You can see like the studs in the wall and the wiring and. <laughs> It looked like a real bar when he <coughs> yeah. when he got a drink. I don't know. No, because there was the bar, but then there was also... Oh, oh maybe there's another there's bar night, There's later. a nightclub and then a bar. Yeah. When he hits the guy at the pool cue is what I'm thinking of. That yeah, was, like, that did unfinished. not look like a real bar. Yeah, so I guess there was the strip club um, where he talked about the Troutdale heist, the which Trout... would have been a great alternate title for this movie. That's a great band name. Troutdale heist. If Ooh, you're listening, that take that. We're the Troutdale heist. <laughs> we're the Troutdale heist. Um, at the strip club is when he meets with th- three of the bad guys or whatever and full on Han shoots first shoots them both in the dick under the table and then shoots another guy in the head no one else is concerned the strippers are still like Yay. people are still drinking he just walks out casually
2: leaving only uh, at that point one bad guy yes who follows him out the bar and then he turns around and shoots that guy the dick.
0: That's a different guy, though. That's the guy from the unfinished basement bar. Because, oh, uh, I'm jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. This guy
2: shoots everyone in like the he dick. He shoots
0: everyone in the dick. There are three <laughs> people who get shot in the dick in this movie. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, he
2: takes the time to aim, and then he purposefully, like in slow motion, goes lower. <laughs> it, it wasn't was just that he happened to shoot Because that
0: guy, he beat up with a pool, st- which I thought was crazy. He walked into that unfinished basement bar uh, to... It was like one of the guys he thought was the boss, um, but he was still trying to find the big boss and so he's trying to shake that guy down, like who who are you working for? And he comes in and grabs a pool cue and like it's done so poorly. It looks like he just kind of nudges the guy <coughs> and then the next cut the guy is like flying across <laughs> the bar and then he puts the pool cue down and gets out his extension baton. And I'm like, What <laughs> What's the difference? Yeah. What's going on? And then he takes out a gun, and I'm like, "What? You're bearing the lead. Walk in with a gun. <laughs> what are you doing?" So there's also this lady that shows up right before Ms. Courier of Death gets kidnapped, and it's a like a 20 second scene downtown on a sidewalk where some guy hides a woman that I thought 100% was a man in a dress gets kidnapped and taken away and then the scene ends that's the secretary
2: that's not the secretary is it I agree That's that's a separate lady I agree that it looked like a very different person
0: at the beginning of the movie. I thought I, right, I thought do it was supposed think... to be
2: it, it sure seems like it was supposed to be the same character, yeah. but it definitely looked like a different act.
0: I bet you person. anything that was a reshoot and they couldn't find that lady, that lady who just refused to come back <laughs> because it is very obviously a man in a wig and dress and I'm like I kept waiting for that to be called back or mentioned. Maybe that's the lady on IMDb that claimed she got punched in the stomach. Should I just read that review? It's like yes. <laughs> since we brought it up twice. So, so the other review on um, IMDb is is named "Unfortunate Use of Film."
2: <laughs> oh, no. The title
0: of her review. Oh, and by the way, before I get to her Dan's review, uh, the guy who worked on it, the music guy, he gave it five out of ten stars. Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and, and what did a uh, lady give it? Uh, I, I forgot to copy that part. It it's didn't funny. it didn't show up. She says, "Well, we can probably no stars. We can probably uh, gather from her her review. Uh, she says." I was, unfortunately, one of the women sucker punched in the gut in the complete waste of about 86 minutes. Anyone familiar with the Portland area will have fun seeing or remembering what it looked like in 1984. But my favorite is shot from the airplane, blah, blah, blah. Um, But, yeah, so she doesn't specify uh, exactly who she was. But I was stuck with her long
2: enough. After all these years, she felt she had to, like, log into IMDb to comment <laughs> she, I, I got to get this off my chest. The wound has never yeah.
0: healed for her. But speaking of, uh, she mentioned the aerial shots too, and we did talk about the airplane. There are some really amazing Portland aerial shots, but unfortunately,. The quality is so bad because it only exists on VHS at this point. Yeah, but there are some great shots of all of downtown, and then coming for like from the St. John's Bridge all down through the other bridges, and it's such neat footage that four or five interchange was on uh, was on there, and that yep. that oh. was probably the neatest besides Foxfire at the end
2: up the gorge and right over Vista House. Yeah,
0: Vista House was in here. What was that other place we when we watched it? It looked like Vista. They were up on a hill somewhere. Oh, um, uh, Rocky Butte. Rocky Butte, yeah. And I've never been there. It's and It apparently looks gorgeous. much different now because yeah, it, back then oh it looked like gosh. a, a yeah, derelict it, parking lot.
2: Right now, it's covered with like beautiful manicured grass at the top, and it's oh, you know wow, it's nice a little tower in the middle picnicking. and all stuff. Yeah.
1: How do you get there? Where is it? Uh, you go it's really historic close. highway. It's really no, yeah, no, no. no. Oh. It's really close. It's. It looks, uh, it's kind of parallel with the uh, the airport. So you go up there, you can uh, turn on, I, I go up there and listen to air traffic control. <laughs> of course you do. And watch, uh, watch the planes. Todd, uh, do you uh, know where the grotto is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's right behind there. Okay,
0: yeah. okay. Yeah, but it looked like crap in this movie. It oh was my just, gosh. Everything was weedy and overgrown. And I thought that was Vista House because it kind of has those same rock. It's similar. Uh, short rock yeah.
2: walls. Um,
0: uh, well,
2: speaking of, portland locations what else did we uh see for the first time in our uh, tom shaw's backyard tom shaw's uh <laughs> the front of his house the inside of his house the basement <laughs> of his house the his the backyard of tom shaw's house and again that's 74 and his 15, airplane again that is seventy four fifteen, southeast main street you too could <laughs> drive
0: visit. by today it did look like a nice house i was like well heck if, sh- if tom shaw can make it in this crazy world <laughs> maybe there's hope for us yet um, there were a couple downtown. Ta- there was a building downtown that looked like it said the Pacific Building. Yeah, the I Pacific have, Building. Okay, it was a little grainy, but I thought maybe that that's what it was. Yeah,
2: I think that's the building over uh off of Pioneer Square where Ben and Jerry's is.
0: Okay, there was another scene in an office building where behind him you can see, and they were up on like the twentieth or thirtieth floor or whatever, and I didn't know if that was the Bancor Tower or if that was. I don't know what building that would have been in, but it was really high and not so, immediately next to anything because it was a pretty open...
2: I thought it might have been the U.S. Bank building, and I looked that up, and it only looked similar, but it was not that, Okay, yeah, so I'm not quite was.
0: sure. I'll probably try to hunt that down. If you go to portlandatthemovies.com map, there's the... On the screen that I'm, we're watching. Yeah. Here oh, the that's video. the man.
1: That's the. Does that?
2: So am I'm I trying crazy? to. Fl- I'm trying to find the other. I'm trying to the other do a cross, Wait, cross comparison. Did you happen to grab any shots of uh, these scenes, Todd? I
0: did. I think I. We've got I don't some think screenshots. I added a screenshot we don't have, of that okay. lady.
2: <laughs> that felt. That
0: felt punitive. <laughs> 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 to drag her through this experience again. Drag her. Oh. <laughs> oh. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, But she gets she gets kidnapped right before the wife gets kidnapped and so we're saying she's the secretary she's the lady Yeah,
2: secretary Okay,
0: because I didn't know the whole movie who she was because for some reason she looked very different than the secretary that I'm trying to The office
1: the secretary happens right at the beginning, right?
0: Yeah, like before like I said before the wife gets kidnapped So I don't know why the bad guys thought that would be better Like more leverage to get him to act than, than killing his
2: wife, but whatever um, uh, something that I really enjoyed seeing and I'm really surprised we have not seen this come up in any other portland movie yet was the um uh the Portland sign at the Schnitz.
0: Oh yeah 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 and there was another there because there was a whole besides doing all the airplane exposition they had one montage of driving around exposition mm-hmm. um, and that they had um a, a diff- another theater downtown too that had his, had a rounded marquee that came out that I'm gonna have to look up that was either used to be there, but they had the, the big Portland <laughs> it was sign too.
2: probably one of Tom Shaw's porn theaters. <laughs> it did have lots of blinky <laughs>
0: lights out front.
2: So you never know. <laughs> um, another location that I was not familiar with, uh, but I think Mark recognized it was a place called uh Fort Canby. Yeah. Um, where in the movie they had a shootout there.
1: Yeah. So, um, it used to. I don't know the history of Fort Canby, but I've been out there and it's uh, fun to walk around. And it looks exactly like it uh, today. It looks exactly like it did in the movie. It's a really neat so, location. Yeah, and uh, and so it's uh, it's got all the little uh, doorways. Little it, looked doors. Like a, it looked like it looked like a Scooby Doo chase. Yeah, it's because, because there's lots of that. doors, and they were like. All, yep. One came
0: out this door, and then the exactly. other one came out that so door. So it was like
1: an old armory. It's where at they had... uh, Cape Disappointment.
0: Yeah, it's the best cape name ever. Uh-huh. Uh, and I felt like they weren't. I think I saw this on my research too. How he often didn't have permits to shoot anywhere and would just kind of like go out. And I felt right. like that was the case there, for sure, because they were there very short time, right? And then they were like back in
2: the city or whatever in his office. Uh, the, uh, do, do, in 1862, Cape Disappointment was armed with uh, smoothbore cannons to protect the mouth of the Columbia River from enemies. The installation was expanded to become Fort Canby in 1875. 1862, that's crazy. It is uh, like bev- during the Civil Lincoln War. president. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. What the any- fort continued. Were they to... afraid the Confederates were going to come that way, or is it just 18? 18... Who were our enemies on the West Coast in 18 in the middle of the Civil War? Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, um, anyone anyone <laughs> that we can
2: declare enemy ship against. Well it says that the uh, fort continued to be improved until the end of World War II, hmm. And gun batteries still sit atop the park interesting Yeah, that was a neat location at least filming site of courier of death <laughs> Does not say that on the website <laughs> I was anywhere, gonna say that's their
0: big claim to fame <laughs> As seen in so after The secretary gets kidnapped and he tries to go as he's trying to find the big boss that kills his wife. He kind of makes it up through mid-level bosses.
2: This movie kind of feels like a video game. <laughs> it kind of like does because level I kept, after level with the I boss kept at saying the end. boss,
0: big boss, and then I have to scratch that mm, out and be like, oh, boss. there's a bigger boss, mini boss. <laughs> but one of those mini bosses um, was at some. Where they took the kidnapped secretary, and there was the two goons or whatever, and one of them was like slapping the the lady around on the- Oh, she in was,
2: the flop house.
0: I guess, but where was that? Was it an office building? Was it a studio? Was it an attic? At one point, he opened something in the floor it, to get to the stairs to go down to the floor under
2: it. It looked like a warehouse with a mattress and but some But then there was boxes. a bunch of photography
0: s- equipment oh. set up, Maybe. and later in the movie, they say something about a photographer- Maybe it was Tom Shaw's studio. <laughs> it looked way too clean to be <laughs> Tom. I don't know Tom Shaw. But his office is not that clean. <laughs> but they do mention a photographer later in the movie offhand. And that place confused me because it looked like a dank basement. And there's an office. Uh, yeah. So the next level, he has to fight the lady boss. <laughs> that lady boss, lady boss was insane it was she was like a zoolander character <laughs> she
1: absolutely was the zoolander you know
0: masseuse so whose house did she live at and how did jd our dad hero end up there that was a nice house That was probably like an airbnb of <laughs> the 1980s yeah because she gets a call from the actual big boss right and right. says take this jd down he's too dangerous yes and she's like i'm I've got it handled. And then
2: just she... so just like a video game. It's like his reward for beating each boss is information leading to the next boss. <laughs> so he gets information that leads him to the the lady boss. Although she's
0: mad because she doesn't get he doesn't get any, any information from her because she comes down not in like sexy lingerie, not in a business suit, not in like she comes down in a leotard.
2: Yeah. A jazzercise. Jazzercise outfit. leotard.
0: Like not. But but in stilettos. But and stilettos. So clearly and she's got like this kind of short, dark, bobbed haircut and
2: It was probably what Tom Shaw thought was sexy.
0: But and clearly her character was trying to seduce him because she's like, oh, you know, why don't we just talk? And she pours two glasses of champagne. And he says, You're a slut.
1: Why don't you just be quiet and <laughs> shut your mouth? <laughs> I was like, dang. Script written by Tom Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, our our listeners won't be able to see this, but uh, up there we've got the sidewalk scene. That
2: is a man. <laughs> <laughs> kind of looks like Harrison Ford, and that's uh, and, and that's kind of a man
1: too. Like that—that's <laughs> a, a a masculine Todd. lady. Sorry. <laughs> I, I feel just just bad assume, now. Maybe I'm just
0: assuming their gender, and, and <laughs> but doesn't that it? I mean they look similar But that is Like how much wider the face is That's a I don't know And it looks like A bad wig (laughs) I don't know That poor lady I'm sorry (laughs) If I'm impugning Her name But I I I would almost Put money that That is a reshoot With a a stuntman Because the guy Gets knocked over And stabbed So there were There was like A stunt involved That you wouldn't Want that Mm, nice lady That beautiful woman (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. The other thing about this movie, so we get to... Oh, we're still in Stiletto Lady. So she pours two glasses of sh- wine champagne, or champagne or whatever. And puts poison in one of the glasses. Right. Do we see her do that? Or do yes, we, just, we do. Okay. No, we totally see that. I didn't that. see
2: her do that. She, 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 was too busy she pulls busy. out like a white envelope with powder. And oh, okay.
0: Iocane powder. Yeah, he says, all I see is a greedy slut, is what he <laughs> says. And then she kicks him in a, she, he She... Realizes she can't seduce him and so she kicks him in the balls and then kicks him on the floor for a while and that's where we get the little stiletto um, show and she like just kind of steps on him and does that. Do you guys remember? Really and, and he just grabs her ankle and takes her bite, down. Bites, bites her it, ankle. Bites her. <laughs> Knocks her down and slaps her unconscious <laughs> is what he does and then he switches the glass so that um, she comes out of being unconscious and and he says I wouldn't even waste a bullet to kill you or whatever and he walks away and she picks up the glass of champagne and drinks it and dies and then he's mad because he didn't get any actual information from her
2: but the way that it's portrayed it's as if she uh, it's not like she drinks from the wrong glass it's as if she forgot that she put poison in it because she drinks it and then she immediately is like, I put poison in it. (laughs) Dead.
1: (laughs) She does act.
0: She was was very... And I still don't know what her role in any of this was other than like a hired goon, I guess. She was a middleman.
2: Her character could have been totally cut out of this movie. It
0: really could have. So her boss was... Uh, the big, Bigelow, uh, was that his name? I was gonna say the Big Beard, the big, the big boss, boss guy's name is Bigelow. Is Bigelow? Oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> so he kind of looks like a, an Orson Welles type. He's yes. wearing a bathrobe at some t- at some point. Um,
2: I'm trying to remember how they ended up fighting. And I'm well, having before, a hard
0: time. <laughs> before we get to his house, we have a reunion between JD and. He's just dripping with women. There's like uh, all the women come over to his house for some reason again. He gets in the shower.
2: Oh, we get a classic. And we get a, we get a dad shower and then <laughs> well she she asks him she's like he said I'm going to I'm going to go shower and then she says, "Can I join you?" <laughs> and he I... says,
0: "I don't feel the same way about you." No, I I'll I'll just pull it up because it is and then I'll, that'll give a good example of like the the dialogue type that we are we're getting in this movie too. Did you know this movie on YouTube only has sixty-nine views? Well, it only had fifty last month when I first mentioned it. So I don't and know if all of those are from me or <laughs> like yeah, like three of them are from me. It's,
2: <laughs> it's been on YouTube for over a year. Yeah. That's I'm gonna try I'm gonna really try to re upload a copy
1: and put it on the Portland the movies page. Well, um Well Todd, while well, you find that. Yeah. Um I found a, another review of this uh this wonderful movie that just says Sometime in 1983. (laughs) Guy one, I have access to a small plane and a pilot. Guy two, I have a synthesizer. Guy one, does it do arpeggio? (laughs) Guy two, you bet it does. Guys together, let's make a movie. We have everything we need. (laughs) That is hilarious.
0: Where is that from?
1: Uh, It's from a uh, website called. Um, unboxed. Unboxed. That is. Letter, le, sorry,
2: Letterboxed. dot com. Okay, that is <laughs> the best description of this movie I've seen. That's
0: awesome. So here uh, is um, JD, our hero, and who is the? I don't even know who this lady is anymore. She's not the secretary because she's. Anyway, so here's their dialogue. It's not
1: having JD. <laughs> You're safe now, babe. <laughs> <laughs> You okay? Yeah. He scared him off. You okay? You like to get run over by a dump truck. I gotta take a shower. Can I come with you? I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> but when I am, you'll be the first one to know.
0: Ouch! That is a
2: slam. For some reason, that just reminds me. Uh, there's a Weird Al song where uh, he's he's like, "Baby, uh, do you want to join the Columbia Record Club of the uh, Record of the Month Club?" And he's like, "I'm not ready for that kind of commitment yet."
0: <laughs> well, keep in mind, his wife died days ago, and she's already like trying to swoop in on ch- that. Meow, meow. Uh, so, she, she, uh, so she turns him down. He gets in the shower. We hear a knock at the door. And what does this other lady who works with him? The she opens the door.
2: Fi- it was like it's, a. They come just, on in. Come on in. Copy paste.
0: And then we get a scene. So the guy at the door is wanting to kidnap his daughter who's playing in the backyard. And so we get a scene of dad hero running out into the backyard wearing only a small towel because he just jumped out of the shower looking like you would expect an Oregonian who has not seen the sun in months to look and it is so funny and he runs out there and one of the women saves him by shooting the bad guy I forget which which lady does that but it is amazing to watch him run out to the backyard in a towel Uh, then they oh they so they catch that guy who tried to kidnap the daughter and they interrogate him to, f- to figure out where the big bosses are And that's where he starts going to the various houses To find the big boss And ends up at the final boss house Of Big Bigelow
2: So what does he find there? Oh, I rem- I'm, re- I'm remembering now I'm remembering that Bigelow Ends up killing himself, is that right? Yeah, so we get to the big
0: Bigelow's house Who has the briefcase But the briefcase cannot be opened uh, By anyone other than JD Our hero, somehow And so the big boss is trying to get JD to open the briefcase and they can share the $76 million. JD says, I don't care about the money. I just need to avenge my
2: wife. Oh, we we should explain. I just remembered something. (laughs) This movie's like, it's like I went through a traumatic accident and it's like coming back in in slow motion. Yeah. And I'm just remembering that the scene on Rocky Butte where – uh, our main hero JD he has an informant uh, like in the government or something. He's and the colonel his old colonel yeah. from from Vietnam And he's the one who's like feeding him with information like mm. here's here's a lead. Here's where you should Gold. start <laughs> yeah. He actually tells JD that like this is a, a chain that goes deep. You got to follow it These people are trying to overthrow the government. Oh
0: dear. So deep throat. <laughs> oh <laughs> This movie is deep. It's got layers <laughs> So the big boss is trying to convince him to open it. He says, no, promptly has a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, he has a heart so attack. So this is the second big boss that has killed himself because there's another guy who... Who literally kills who himself. Who literally kills himself.
2: With a gun, yeah. So our
0: hero is doing nothing. He slapped a lady <laughs> and into the, unconsciousness. And the
1: lady killed herself
2: with a And poison. the lady, <laughs> that's
0: right, three of them, all three. <laughs> these people are all killing themselves. Maybe that's because they... Didn't want it to look like he was...
2: Now, wait a minute. Oh, He's he the career of death? Wait a minute. I think I'm figuring this out. I happen to remember from something I read that Tom Shaw killed himself. No. Toward... Like, through alcohol? No. Because that's what everyone... So, he had a breathing machine for a number of years, and towards the end of his life, he just got fed up with it one day and just pulled out the breathing unplugged machine. It in his basement. In his basement. In the bar basement. No, it was. I do happen to know that uh, by the time he- It's real? Yes. Yes. No. Uh, it's real. According according to documentary. No, by the time he he killed himself, he had moved to LA. So I think it was in LA. Oh, where, okay. Where, where he unplugged himself. Well, that's, that's a disappointment then. But I think Tom Shaw was trying to tell us something all along. It was foreshadowing of his own life.
0: What else at one point that basement had because he was re- once he was in the basement in a wife beater tank top with his daughter watching old videos of his wife. And then he which wa- were filmed like
2: the day before.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they were, were their the wife and the toddler were like the exact same and age. They're all wearing they the same clothes. <laughs> yeah. And in that scene, he walks over to the bar. There's there's an actual bar like a 70s leatherette type bar with. With drinks behind it and he pours himself a drink there In the Rambo getting ready Scene where he's getting all his knives and batons That's in front of the bar In another scene In front of that same basement bar But there are tables Set up with like Dinnerware and like a lamp And a plant Like it was supposed to be a restaurant All of a sudden It was so crazy But so our main bad guy Has a heart attack And dies the blonde lady Katie who uh, has been back in the van uh, surveillance van with one of the kidnapped bad guys she ends up getting shot by that guy by the bad guy she was trying to keep captive so all of a sudden she's dead right after the guy has a heart attack
2: yeah it's weird so the 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 main bad guy has a heart attack and then the movie actually ends with him chasing like a goon, the, just a like a hired goon. Yeah, becomes like the main bad guy at the very end, so like the last one. He, so yeah, and where does that... M- m- Mark
0: can take us through the very... Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think he was sleeping <laughs> at, at that Mark point. I have right. no idea what's going on. <laughs> the very last scene <laughs> after Big Boss dies, at, in the middle of the night, the next scene... Oh no, because I guess he escapes? The, he gets they handcuffed. End up, they
2: end up in the middle of the woods. JD ends up getting handcuffed somehow. Right. Because that was when they wanted him to open the briefcase, I guess. But and then he escaped, and they were in the middle of the woods. Maybe the hired goon, and and for some reason, put him in handcuffs. And then, but anyway, yeah. So he he escapes. The hired goon is like, I'm gonna wait here. I'll wait for you all night. And the next scene is literally for whatever reason, JD ran off and hid in the woods until morning, and then came out of the woods when it was light. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody had a nice nap, a a nice refresher. Right. We see six different scenes of the sun. Oh, union loss. We got to have eight hours of rest before we can shoot again. Six
0: shots of the sun rising so that we know it's the next day. So it's the next day in what maybe they're in a park all of a sudden. Like not a park. It seemed like Eagle
2: Creek or something.
0: Yeah. Or like the Rose Garden even maybe. Somewhere there's a trail that like families are at. and No, I guess there's a bridge. So that wouldn't be the Rose Garden. So maybe it is. And we see this. 1980s family it looked like a, fa- a family from awkward family photos like the dad with like a goofy mustache and the mom with like short permed hair it, and like giant glasses it looked
2: like the family from christmas in the northwest <laughs>
1: yes
0: <laughs> they were just coming off of that video shoot uh, coming down it the stumbled hill into the courier stumbled in death th- shoot. so we we see the goon holding a gun to jd our hero the goon is wanting to open the briefcase still and is uh meets this family that's walking down the path in this park mom dad and a little daughter that's i don't know five or so the goon grabs the the child and says i'll shoot her come down here jd and so jd comes down um crawls down the hill ends up stabbing the goon in the foot the gun the goon has gets dropped The little girl picks it up. This all happens in like three seconds, by the way. So it's not, it was not all that clear until I went through it again. The girl picks up the gun, (laughs) the frame by frame. It's like the Zapruder film. I was (laughs) trying to figure out what was going on. The girl picks the gun up. The mom gets the gun from the daughter like immediately this mom is like the most capable character we have seen in this movie because she gets stuff done right away she picks up the gun pulls it on the guy back into the left back into the left there's a tussle she then ends up hitting the goon the mom h- hits the goon in the back of the head with like a tree trunk or a tree branch or something that she picks up and
2: kills him I guess he falls a J.D., and J.D. by this point had pulled out a knife, and he falls right onto, onto J.D.'s knife. That's right. Knife. So the mom right. knocks
0: him right onto the knife.
2: Yeah. And literally, the movie ends. Like it, this it, I think J.D. barely has enough time to stand to his feet. And he <laughs> and stands it's like up, fade up at the
0: and it fades to black. This poor family on a family hike. <laughs> the mother has now <laughs> an accomplice to murder, as much as she knows. And by this point, were all of J.D.'s women killed? I... Yeah, I think so. And the daughter... They probably needed that many women because they needed that many people to die. We have no so. idea
2: where the daughter ran off to. No. She just r- literally ran off.
0: Oh, that's true. That's right.
2: <laughs> when he was in his towel. They never left her with anyone. They were just like, run. <laughs> She's now a feral child living <laughs> in the wilderness. <laughs> oh, the did... Council Crest. They did make a movie following up on the daughter. Uh, it was called Leave No Trace.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> it's called Wild. Mm. Do we know where that uh, western town uh, that...
2: No, let's uh, talk about it.
0: Is? So the, the the very first uh, scene of the movie, the action scene where his partner and him are doing something or they're having the gunfight in the woods. They stumble on this little
2: village. It is a bizarre. It, <clears> if <throat> it were uh, if filmed today, it would be at a tiny house lot. <laughs> yeah, it... They look like tiny houses. It looked like the
0: Enchanted Forest, but like not magical. Like tiny little houses.
2: Oh, um, the Fantasy Trail, Mark. It kind of looked like uh, the Fantasy Trail.
0: Oh, the one down in Oregon kind City? Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, these little houses, I guess.
2: Half houses Or like half, a, they were like a western, a western town. town. Yeah. It's like on the back like, of Universal like Studios.
1: Alpenrose uh, might be the location. Okay, because uh, the there, there was a arm. little bridge there
0: too uh, that went over a little crick. Or whatever, right. no, but so they had
1: all these western
0: western buildings, and then a like a double wide trailer up on cinder blocks was also there. So it was the weirdest looking place. So if, yeah, if anyone knows where that is, I would be interested in knowing where that where that location is. Um, do we have any more? Location pictures, most of them are... There's a couple on the street.
1: We have some s- the screenshots to, we can run through. Just quick file through them. Okay. Yep. Let's see if we missed any. There's quite a few of
2: them. You know, one thing that I really appreciated watching the documentary, My probably my favorite moment in the hour-long... Well, let me first... Let's talk about... I was about say,
0: how did you find that?
2: Because I did not find that when I was doing... E- You're a much better internet sleuth than I am. So I I Googled, uh, you know, I was just trying to find information about Courier of Death, and I came across this one article um, that looked promising, and then when you click it, it was a 404. So then I grabbed that link, threw it into the uh, um, uh, archive uh, wayback machine, and found a cached version of the page from a number of years ago, um, which had that full article, and within that article was a link to... um, uh, the guy was like, and in so-and-so's feature-length documentary on Tom Shaw. And I was like, that looks interesting. Click that. And that was a dead link. So then I threw that link in the Wayback Machine, and then it miraculously still saved. It was like, do you remember, like, real video? <laughs> it felt like a real... It
0: was It was an hour-long documentary, and they they interviewed you know, some well-known Portland people. It was all shot on this guy's, like, 1996 camera phone. (laughs) And you could just hear him the whole time going, (laughs) (laughs) breathe. Behind the camera. And it's just all terrible footage. But it was really interesting
2: content. It was just... Not done very well. And so eventually in this hour-long documentary that we had to watch on a little tiny box that filled, you know, not even a six... I kept
0: trying to expand it, and it was totally like in 1996 where you got that small window and it's all you were getting. Yeah. This is a
2: real player. (laughs) (laughs) And then they eventually interviewed the composer, that Dan uh, Feebigger, and (laughs) there was a like three full minutes of dan feebigger explaining to the guy filming the documentary what mst3k was <laughs> yes i oh, remember that gosh. and it was amazing and they
0: have mst3k parties and the yeah. guy was like what's mst3k
2: they called it
1: mst3k <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was pretty great i'll read a little bit more oh well let's go through the um a couple of location screenshots if you got them okay Our there's era. the portland sign in the background. Yeah, it was da- it was the yep. it was during I think the downtown is. driving montage. So yep. so there's Tom Shaw's backyard. Yep. See so that was the building
2: <laughs> in Looks the like background. The I could S- same building from extraordinary measures. It really
0: does, but there's nothing around it. That's why I couldn't figure. You don't think that's the you don't think that's the airport tower? No, no, at no. the airport. No, it, it's probably the what's the Wells him? Fargo building? But that yeah. one really confused me because I couldn't figure out what was going on in it. There's a guy on street. That's just good beard. Yeah, that's the courthouse but, makes another appearance. Another Tom Shaw back here. I loved how when Tom Shaw was pushing his like one year old child on the swing, he was both drinking and smoking <laughs> right next to her, which is a great '80s moment. Now there's Rocky Butte, Rocky Butte, Pacific Building.
2: We're just seeing more, more Rocky people <laughs> listening right now.
1: <laughs> no, they're seeing this. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, they, they yeah if see you're this. listening to this podcast, you can go to Portland, the uh, Portland at the Movies YouTube page, and you can uh, see the videos that's, of this where we post the screenshots. That's the
2: Columbia River behind uh, Rocky Butte. Yeah, that just looks like a derelict parking lot. There's the is Columbia warm. River from uh, from yeah, Tom Shaw's airplane bombing.
0: right before Tom Shaw careened into I eighty four. Oh, you did. <laughs> I did.
2: <laughs> I was that obsessed is a with her beautiful woman, Todd.
1: <laughs> She's a handsome woman now. Why don't you just keep your <laughs> comments to yourself? <laughs> Uh, uh, oh, you can! This is uh, Rocky Butte, and you can see in the background just how yeah. shrubbery and uh, unkempt it is. It's just dead grass. Yeah, there's
2: there's graffiti on the
1: railing. Yeah, it's terrible. So I'll read a little
0: bit more from Dan's uh, internet movie mm-hmm. database review. Uh, just sort of, you will get the rest of the feel about how this movie was made. Um, A lot of continuity problems, mostly due to Tom's lack of planning, poor staging, and usually non-existent direction, some of which we were unable to compensate for as he didn't allow reshoots. Uh, Complicating it further was that the actor John Bennett, and I'm not sure who he played, failed to show up for his final scene in the climax of the film, requiring the entire film to be restructured and delaying the completion for about six months, with about half the film being reshot with Mel Fletcher as the primary bad guy henchman. Who worked for Kingpin Bigelow?
2: So, oh, Bigelow wasn't available, and that's why it ends with a henchman and not more. That's why having a heart heart attack
1: attack suddenly.
0: Oh, that Uh. makes so much
2: more sense.
0: (laughs) Uh, Many actors and other uh, crew volunteered their time, um, and it was shot between January nineteen eighty four to mid nineteen eighty five. Aside from a constant supply of beer, almost no one was ever paid. Um, Blah blah blah. Small fan uh, fan club has formed in Scotland. Uh, And then he ends, anyone associated with Courier who reads this should contact me uh, so you can find his uh, his information. And he did have one other one. He wanted to clarify that the star of the 1985 film Courier of Death um, is uh, works for the state of Oregon in the the state capital. Just a crazy production nonsense movie and uh, one of the most fun. Movies I've I've watched on this show yet.
2: Yeah, I would say this is a, a seminal film in Portland's film history. Well,
0: and uh, speaking of David Walker again, uh, several years ago, um, it was either ten or twenty, probably ten. I don't know. Uh, he had a B movie festival at, I believe, the Hollywood Theater yeah. and Fatal Revenge and this movie. Um, and he somehow had a copy of the Rockaday Richie and the whatever that one is called yeah. by Fatal Revenge guy. Right. Don Gronquist. No, Don Gon- Gronquist was. That was unhinged. Unhinged. Um, Philip Roth. Philip Roth, yeah. So. This was...
2: So, it's funny. This is now the third director that we've featured on Portland of the Movies, who has been described as the Ed Wood of Portland. Yes. <laughs> we've got, like, the Holy oh, Trinity.
0: I almost opened it with an Ed Wood line. Yeah. But I didn't know if he quite made it. This movie was a little too competent. Like, it didn't look terrible because his equipment was really nice. So, right. it looked like a movie it was uh, totally yeah there was an exciting yeah. fight on or gunfight on the it wing looks of like a plane a movie. i know oh that was a cool scene that was an exciting scene where our hero was hanging off the side of the cessna and firing at people um, but this yeah i mean it didn't it it was not as incompetent as some B movies but it was not competent
2: I would say that it is a fun movie to watch on its own um, but if you at all uh, know the backstory or have listened to this show first knowing this information going into the movie is going to make it even more fun yeah and
0: I found when we when I picked it last month it was because um, someone contacted me uh, over Facebook <laughs> and was telling me um, he had some friends that worked on it and like had a bunch of other background Portland movie information so I started watching it and that's when I freaked out and I was like we have to watch this as a group together. It was like a defila all over again. I'm like, stop everything. We're all watching this movie now. And so it was it was really fun to all watch together. So if it was a B-movie fan, it is completely on YouTube. Um, so you can search Courier of Death. It should come up. I'm hoping to post uh, our own. Uh, we did buy it on VHS. So I'm going to rip my own VHS copy and put that on the Portland of the Movies uh, page. So you can look for that as well. But um, yeah. That does it, I think, for for
2: courier of death.
0: of death, courier of
2: death. Can we listen? To, can we end it and bring it full circle? Let's hear uh, Tom Shaw's voice again. Oh, should I, okay. Let me find that. Uh. Now that now that folks have an idea of who Tom Shaw is and <laughs> can put his uh, face a face to the voice, <laughs> the cat just sat on the synthesizer for this. <laughs> He delivers bonds. He delivers bonds. He is the courier. Of death. They thought he could be taken.
1: They killed his best friend. Oh, murdered his wife.
0: All right.
2: <laughs> I love his voice.
0: Tom shot So what you can also do is the trailer, the trailer is also on YouTube, which does use that voiceover. But there is also a three-minute cut of oh, this movie on YouTube. That's pretty good. Which is pretty great to watch uh, if you wanted to see it, if you wanted to get into it more. But it, it tells the whole story in three minutes. Yeah. Um, so that
2: does it for that uh, episode. Did we pick a movie for next time? No, we didn't. Oh. We, I don't think we have yet.
0: But okay, yeah. we,
2: we do have some exciting news to share. Okay. Um, we'll get
0: to that in, uh, in just a second. Uh, you can hear the show on the Fun Employment Radio Network. Uh, so check out them to find out more about that, all their great shows. Mark, where else can we learn about you? Uh,
1: you and I host a show called the Mark and Todd and you can find us uh, linked to this on our Facebook page at uh, markandtodcast.com. And uh, Brian makes an appearance there occasionally to talk about things going on in Portland And we generally talk about Portland and science things.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And you can also find the three of us on YouTube, not just at the Portland, the movies page, but at a page called Binsworthy, which is a show where the three of us go to the Goodwill outlet bins and find ridiculous crazy nonsense things and we come back and we uh, show them off and and talk about them. So find that at YouTube uh,
2: under Bins Worthy. That's the part that really makes your mother proud of your work. Oh yes, that's
0: the number one brag is that... (laughs) My son digs through the trash. (laughs) My son has a garbage show on YouTube. (laughs) 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 <laughs> so find us there uh, the Unipiper there is a lot going on with you so why don't you tell us everything
2: where do we start yeah, I know there's a lot uh, so <clears throat> this Friday um, is the release of my brand new Unipiper Hazy IPA beer collaboration uh, with Portland Brewing, and um, that is just a super exciting thing that's happening. I'm going to be uh, all over the place uh, signing beer bottles and raising money for my brand new nonprofit organization called Weird Portland United.
0: Very cool.
2: Yeah, and uh, we are now the uh, legit and only 501c3 organization dedicated to keeping Portland weird absolutely fantastic where can people find out about that if they want to hear check it all out at weirdportlandunited.org uh, we're looking for uh, support right now if uh, you uh, agree with my mission of keeping Portland weird we'd love to hear from you and uh, uh, hear what you're interested in and find ways we may be able to help each other out so and I've
0: seen I've seen the sneak peek of the uh, sneak peek of the beer bottles and they are Awesome looking. It's the screen printed label on it of this beautiful artwork that uh, what is her name? Uh, Beth Kershen Beth Kirshen, uh did of you and the city backdrop and it is very cool. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of support, if you want to support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash Portland at the movies. And I thank you to the people who have signed up to support us um, in finding these movies and buying VHS copies of <laughs> Courier of Death from whatever weirdos on the Internet own. I'm hoping that we get a copyright strike against it so that we find out who owns it so that we can buy the rights <laughs> to Courier of Death. That is my that ultimate goal.
2: It has never been released on DVD, so No. That yes. was
0: the one another thing that Dan said on his his uh, IMDb review. He's like, "And hopefully soon we're going to be getting that DVD." And that was like 15 years ago that yeah. he wrote that. I'm like,
2: "Keep waiting, bud." <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, we also have some exciting news directly related to this show. Um, yes. so our next show, um, we will hopefully, uh, this is not a hundred percent confirmed yet, but more than likely we will be broadcasting and recording live from, uh, Wizard World Portland, uh, Comic-Con. That's going to be, uh, February 22nd through 24th, 2019. And um, uh, we will definitely have a presence there. Uh, There will be a Unipiper table. Uh, Todd will be there helping me. Uh, We'll be talking Portland at the movies. Uh, And uh, if you would like to come visit us, uh, come out to the Wizard World Comic Con. We are uh, in partnership with the con, uh, offering all of our listeners 20% off admission. Um, All they need to do is go to the Wizard World website at wizardworld.com and use the promo code PATM20. Uh, that's P A T M is in Portland at the movies twenty. Uh, the number is two zero. So uh, that's pretty exciting. Is really cool and um,
0: unlike Jason Momoa. You can get a picture with Brian, the Unipiper,
2: for free for less than one hundred twenty five dollars. For less than one hundred twenty five dollars. Don't, don't say free. I'll okay, let them pay what it. they. It's, it's
0: a pay what you want. It's a tip system. <laughs> so yes, uh, that yeah, that's really exciting, and we don't know all the details yet, but it sounds like something that's going to be super cool. So yeah,
2: Todd, you've been there uh, before, helping me out. Um, it's it's a fun time, no. Anyway, yeah
0: I had a great time and it's great to see everyone dressed up yep. and everybody is just always so excited and happy and uh, I'm excited to do it again so yeah that is awesome. Well thank you everyone for listening uh, drop us an email follow us on Facebook all of that stuff uh, I'm gonna play a little bit more of the Courier of Death uh, soundtrack
1: <laughs> I'll
2: skip, skip ahead yeah, yeah. Skip ahead. something else Let's
1: find a good good spot.
2: Does it do arpeggios? <laughs> I feel like I'm watching an educational science program. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the Gypsy Moth.
1: <laughs> Boop.